This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Well, I don't think there's a better way to start part two of this very special episode, the day we return a year on with your memories and I mean it's been fantastic to see so many pictures so many tweets videos and everything flooding the timeline um a year a year later and we'll just well I say we'll just read a few of them we'll probably end up reading all of them because they're absolutely brilliant to hear everybody's vast experiences we'll kick off with Chris Thiebe what a great day after many years languishing in the National League, Tom and I could finally celebrate with thousands of pullies returning to the Football League. Tom ran down to the pitch side on 90 minutes to celebrate, only for their keeper to equalise. But we both did that after Penners. A very good friend of ours, Ando, stated that he started with probably the greatest Nandos of all time, followed by belting out Mr Blue Sky and Never Say Die all the way to Bristol. Can't remember much of the game itself, aside from crying into my scarf during the penalties. Millennium Square celebrations afterwards. If you do want evidence of how much he enjoyed that Nando's, Sally Hughes has kindly um, shared a video of him absolutely demolishing this on Twitter. So do go to the podcast page and uh, and have a look at that if you are that way inclined. Football Devotion have replied saying, me and my son bumped into the full squad at Tamworth Services on the way down. Wish I'd told James to stay on his line. The game was horrible, but that feeling when Bews missed the penalty was something I'll never forget. A mixture of relief, elation and disbelief that we'd escaped. Crofts has replied with a fantastic picture of the squad with a trophy after it being lifted. Um, and then Dougie has sent a picture in with one of our key men um, in that campaign, Luke Armstrong. David Garthwaite, this is one of the best tweets. I'd been to four previous player finals and the team I was rooting for lost, so I purposely stayed away. I was sat watching it at the T20 Blast game at Durham. I just couldn't watch extra time, so my son, under strict instructions, not to tell me uh, what happened until everything was over. Nick Laughlin, about a dozen of us uh, were celebrating in the best, worst pub in the world, about a mile from the ground. 
the locals were dot 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 unique imagine going into the square ring in the 70s that's one for the older generation um ben forbes he uh joined us in in part one i'm sure you'll have listened to mike driver unfortunately had to spend his day on on a 12-hour shift i mean those were some fantastic replies and and one of probably hundreds um you'd say that we've seen over uh twitter and across the different social medias um but Davo, i'm going to ask you now for your memories of um of that f- famous day in bristol and just how much it meant to you and the build-up and um, that came with that yeah uh, my day started at 05 30 getting out the car walking to clarence road and seeing all the police um, and you know all the buses lined up outside the ground y- you know we made the the pretty nice journey down to to Ashton Gate, and one of my first memories actually of of the day was getting off the bus and walking down to the main road just adjacent from the ground and seeing all the police in that like park outside chanting and um, singing, setting flares off. You know, I don't think you could have asked for a, a better kind of entrance to the whole occasion. And then obviously, you know, making the walk into the ground through the turnstiles, walking in, obviously. Wasn't exactly Wembley, but you know I would never change it for, for what the day turned out to be. And looking around, taking the the whole ground in, and just seeing the mass number of pulleys in the seats, it was just you know it was unbelievable. And you know I was still feeling sick. And then obviously the game starts, and we have two disallowed goals to deal with. Um, at which point my heart rate is absolutely like unrecognisable. But we have the the uh, the great goal from Luke Armstrong, um, at which point the ground erupted, and the excitement level started to get not too much, but they started to creep up a little bit. Um, obviously, I, I you know kept my feet on the ground, I stayed grounded. Obviously, these games, you know, you can never kind of get too carried away, get too ahead of yourself, as well we know from the past. And obviously, looking at you and stuff, and just when you think you've done it, you know, you're looking around, you're, you're taking in the final few moments of the game. I'm looking at you, I'm looking at my dad, I'm thinking we've done it. Four years, four gruelling years in the National League, the last 10 years, you know, relegations, watching our club nearly go from beneath our eyes. And I thought, right, that's it, we've done it. And a certain Brazilian samba dancing goalkeeper scored with very, very little left of the game and the, my emotions just, I was absolutely devastated. And I looked at you and again, and I looked at my dad and I remember saying to him, funnily enough, and you'll probably agree as well when you have your kind of say, but I remember I looked at my dad and I said, that's it. I said, we're done. I, I looked at the players, they were despondent, they were on the floor, heads and arms, and you just think, bloody hell, like, I, I, the players were knackered. I just think, how on earth do you kind of get back up on your feet and go for an extra half an hour? And, you know, and fair play to the lads, it was the biggest half an hour of probably their careers. You know, it was an unbelievable shift. And, you know, we managed, despite all the pressure from Torquay, in fairness, to, you know, we got through it and we had to deal with that dreaded penalty shootout. And, you know, I've said two or three times already about feeling sick. I mean, God knows what my emotions were at this point when 
the first four penalties are missed, you just think, oh my goodness. And then Muse, or whatever you call him, Muse, steps up. And then that was it, the crossbar. And I just remember the whole ground lifted. I looked at you, you were gone. You were on the pitch, as were God knows how many other police. And it was just, it was surreal. And even to now, I still can't describe the feeling. It was just, I didn't know where to look. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do. You were saying, Davo, get yourself on the pitch. And I was like, hands in the air. I genuinely didn't know what to do. But watching the boys do it, you know, coming over with the trophy, the chanting, we are going up. It was just, it meant so much to us. And, you know, I've touched on it just there. You know, it meant a lot just purely based on our past, what we've been through, the club nearly going bust the four years in the National League and it was just a special day because ultimately it made the town fall in love with our football club again and to be back in the Football League this year, back where we deserve to be, going to grounds that we need to be going to rather than these dives like Maidenhead and all the grounds that you probably know anyway, but honestly, it was an unbelievable day and one of the best days of my life for sure and I'm pretty sure, Jack, you know, you'll say similar things to me. Yeah, I mean, I think the whole build-up and everything got even more real after, after we beat Stockport. And I see the tweet from Pulse. Um, I'd come up from uni to my grandma's um, to look after the dog with my dad and to watch the game with him, obviously. And I remember when Pulse scored... A, it was like unbelievable against Stockport and, and the full-time whistle went. And I think that's one of the first times I've seen my dad well up um, when Pulls are being playing. And I just kind of had that sense of realisation that we're in a final, um, something that I hadn't experienced in, in the many years that I've been watching the club. It had been awful. Um, low, Well, you know the story, the Pulls fans who listen to this will know the story of how hard we've had it. Um, and I remember thinking, well, it's absolutely unbelievable. We're going to the final. I just wish I could be there. And Pose tweeted that evening, oh, um, there's going to be some general sale tickets, limited amount um, coming on sale on, I think um, it was it would have been a Wednesday morning. So I, I said to my dad, I says, um, oh, look, we've, we've got to take the chance here. And he says, well, Jack, you go with your mates. And I said to him, um, and I haven't told loads of people this, I've told people closer to me, um, but I don't mind sharing it. I says, I'm either going with you or not going at all, because it was one of those moments that you want to experience with the people who you've been brought up going to watch pools with. Um, I says, I'll go and queue for a ticket. And um, if it means that they say there's one left, I won't be taking it. We'll just be, go I'll be going with you or with no one. And um, so I rang, I rang my grandma and I says, grandma, is it all right if I stay another night? Because I'm going to have to go and camp. Um, camp out for some tickets and I think she thought you're mad um, I says but I, ca I can't miss it um, so it comes to the, the Tuesday and obviously Chandy sends the town into disarray by tweeting two people sat with the flipping stools there there was me panicking eating my chicken pie that my grandma had done thinking flipping heck I'm going to have to get there on a, on a jet there'll be that many people there by the time I arrive Um so, you know, I got down there and and um, funnily enough, I met, met two of my really good mates that I have now 
Um, I know you came down, Davo, you as a season ticket holder didn't have to um, endure that night. You got your ticket. Um, but it was just an unbelievable start. I know Chandy brought beers for everyone who, who'd uh, been queuing and the town was just united um, once again. And it was brilliant to see and, you know, the conversations, the excitement. And it was a long 15 hours, I must say. Um, it got cold and there was some lads kicking a football around at whatever time it was in the morning. And I wouldn't change it for the world. Um, getting the hands on them two tickets and and being able to say on Father's Day, and I know this will be the case for many Pools fans, that they got to go um, there with, with the fathers or whatever, or the people that they'd gone with for years. It was just so special. Um, so that was that week, the excitement, the build-up. I, I was leaving uni, funnily enough, that week um, for the summer. So I packed up the night before, um, and took all the stuff back and set off for Bristol on that um, Sunday morning and it was just, I don't think I slept that much the night before, the excitement, the nerves, um, but just the being fortunate enough to go to the final was something that I will never, ever take for granted. Um, I know I've waffled on quite a bit there, but I think it just, for me, it was, it all started as soon as we were queuing for tickets and the realisation that we were in a final. And then obviously we get to the day of the game and you're seeing mates there that you've been to these dives, like you said, like Chorley and um, places like that, that you followed the lads and and we've frankly picked up some awful results there as well. And um, we get to Bristol and, and I remember walking down that street. I know Ben said that um, earlier on in this podcast and seeing all the fans there, pyros and um, everything going off and Pulse fans chanting it. It was just incredible. Um, so to then get into the ground and, you know, hear everyone in the northwest corner were there with the drum and Ollie Mole, unbelievable shift from him, I must say. I know we mentioned it with Forbesy earlier, but, um, you know, it was just so special to be there and seeing people that we hadn't seen for so long due to covid I had four heart rate warnings, as I said, um, when we spoke to Rob and Ben. Literally, I felt so sick. I felt dizzy. The ground was turning 180 degrees. And I genuinely am with you on this, that when we, um, when that, I just can't stand the guy, but Kovalan equalised, um, I genuinely thought, it's pulls, we've got so close, but we're so far. And, welling up, uh, looking across to you. I saw you with your dad and I think we both just put our hands in the air and I pulled the cap over my eyes and sat down and another of our mates, Tom, came up to us and says, I'm just not confident. And for us to get behind the lads and the lads to dig in how they did that extra time, I think a huge credit to them. Uh, they knew what was on the line. They, As Fergie, um, I'm sure he'll touch on when we speak to him later on, um, that the way that the fans responded um, really did help the players to dig deep. Um, I'm sure we'll touch on that when uh, we get to that section later on. But yeah, to win penalties and, and be there with me dad and, and holding on to him so tight when um, each penalty was taken and we kept missing, I was, I was honestly, I think he was calmer than me somehow. Um, and then for that thud, I mean, you know what? This will sound daft. I might even request them to play it at my uh, funeral, you know. Um, 
<laughs> when his views stepped up, he kept it out. Honestly, man, that thud. I just, any time I think of Bristol, I just hear that hitting the crossbar and it, it's just a beautiful noise. And um, obviously run on the pitch eventually. Um, I said to dad, oh, are you coming? He says, no, you get on. And I hopped over. Funnily enough, I was running down these steps thinking, Everyone was obviously running on. I was like, I hope I don't get a stadium ban here. But then again, I thought, never mind, just get on the pitch and celebrate with the players. Buster ran up to me and picked us up. He went, get in there, son. And it was just incredible. And, and a moment that I dreamt of uh, watching my team in a final. And yeah, I I can't really put into words just how much it meant um, for us to for us to be there. First of all, the supporters in, in COVID times, the people who obviously missed out on tickets because of restrictions, um, and then to see us win and get back into the football league. It, honestly, it was it was absolutely unbelievable. It'll take an awful, awful lot to top that. And I genuinely can't see it being topped until Paul Hartley leads us to uh, promotion to League One next season. But um, we'll leave that one that discussion for a later date. Um, but yeah, as you say, it was just such a incredible moment, a moment that I will never ever forget. Um, being able to spend the time we spent with people that are close to you, watching the team that you love get back um, in a playoff final, it is just the best way to do it. So, you know, it's been fantastic to be able to look back on things today on Twitter and. Um, also record this podcast with you and, and get brilliant people on and we never like to disappoint at HFC chat we're always trying to um, deliver to you as listeners and followers of the podcast so that leads us on to welcoming David Ferguson um, who you know really has been such a key player for us someone who really cares about the club obviously he's recently signed his contract he was one of the first players funnily enough that I ended up uh, running to on the pitch and, and he he was welling up and uh, we're delighted to be able to say that he's joining us now on the podcast so without further ado here is what Fergie had to say when we spoke to him earlier on so we are delighted to welcome onto HFC chat making his very first appearance Left back David Ferguson. And the first question, Fergie, is if you could, obviously taking you back to the start of that playoff campaign, obviously finishing fourth, we knew that the route would be Bromley at home and then the winners would play Stockport. But obviously, knowing that, were you confident at the time that we could get the job done? Um, we just took one game at a time. Um, it helped <laughs> the performance we give at Bromley. But I always thought the toughest test was the Stockport one. Um, as soon as we got through that that game, I believe that we could get through the the final. Um, not easily because <laughs> it would be a hard work, but, but I just felt like going to Stockport the first time that fans came back in. Um, we had no fans with us, and I just thought like the way we played the game at Stockport, I, I just I, I fancy just to go in in the final against Torquay. But yeah, I thought we we had we had a good blend of players at the time and. We done. We done each 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 game. We we had a, a game plan, and obviously it, it paid off. We we looking at promoted. Yeah, I mean it's interesting that you say that. We've said it uh, personally, and then speaking to other supporters, all about this whole 
thing about Stockport and if we can get over that hurdle. But if you could just, I know you've touched on it, but if you could briefly talk us through each game and, and the feeling amongst the squad, obviously we race into a 3-0 lead against Bromley and things are going really well. And then we have to go at Stockport with no fans, as you say. Was there any change in mindset or was it just the same, you know, belief in what we can do and what we can achieve? The Bromley one was just because it was the the playoff first playoff game it was at home like fans were in for the second time it was more or less um, just come out like full just full blaze uh, gun on and it was one of them where well obviously Oti and Luke and when one goal goes in and then two um, then three and it was like it, was, it just we were good at it good at the books were and I thought we showed that that season that we, we were good at there and the First forty-five minutes of games, we, we always run out and and done well. But for the Stockport, it was more between each game. It was like we're in their patch. They're going to come at us like we did at Bromley, and it was more or less just kill the game. Like just to win personally, I was just taking time, and the the manager at the time was just saying, "Let us try and get the crowd on their back because if they're not winning, because they expect to win." Like they'll get on their their, their players, and, and obviously the longer the game went on, they were forcing things, and it sort of played in our hands. We got that goal, and obviously there was they had some chances towards the end where we would have a look at it. And I thought that's what happens in football. You need that look on your side at times, and and luckily we went on to win. How old? Was it in terms of the build-up to the final, i.e. like training, like the intensity change? And was there a nervous energy or more of one that nah, was of confidence nah, and excitement? I, I remember the, the, the last training session we had. Um, we trained at Crystal uh, City's training ground. Um, and it was just a fun, enjoyable. It was just as, as if we've trained there a few times we did during the season. And you wouldn't have thought. I remember speaking with Oti and... Uh, stairs and we were just talking as if like like just a no- normal game um, it was I'd, I looked at it as if a normal game it didn't really hit me until when we went out for the warm up and we're seeing all the fans and it was like oh now this is the like this is what it means like we're at the big stage now so but leading up to it like even on the bus going in seeing the fans like I wasn't really phased by it to be honest so but now I like to see I'm, I'm, it's it's nice it's nice to see the build up um, and the songs waking up on that on that morning to see all the fans singing in the square it was it was good there see yeah we will ask you a few questions about that um, inevitably as we move on but before we do go on to that actual final you'll have seen all the fans queuing for those tickets. I mean, how much did that mean to the squad to know the support and the lengths that the fans were going to to make sure they got their hands on the limited goal and tickets that are available? Obviously, the whole town pulled together and you just saw what it really did mean to us. Yeah, it was, it was class to see. I think what showed was because the, the being away for a time, um, supporting the team, I know the support had one, but I think the hunger of getting to a final and a lot of people wanted to be there and the desperation of trying to get there, you know what I mean? It just showed you, like, for us, it was our job. Like, look, we've got there and now we've got to perform. Do you know what I mean? So I thought the two games previously that the fans were there and now to get to the final, we had to go and do it, like, for them. 
So obviously and moving for me, to... for me, I'll quickly say for me, like obviously I've, I've been here two years and I haven't really seen the bad, how like the last 10 years and how bad it's mm. been and I haven't really been there. So from what I hear, it was like, weren't enjoyable. So to actually see the fans now connected with the club and queuing like that and wasn't to get to the final, it was nice to give something back and see such a like, see the fans enjoy such a good time so moving on to the Millennium Square what was the feeling amongst the squad you know seeing all those videos of the supporters gathering in the square the night before the final Um, I didn't really I I, I watched a, a few but I tried to not get too drawn into it it wasn't it was good to see like I woke up on there was people coming down like and seeing the videos and the drums, I was like, it was it was good to see, but I just tried to not draw myself too much into it, to try and just stay calm, like, and just focus on as if it was another game. And as a player, you've got to do that. You, you try and not get drawn into certain things like that to try and just keep a cool head to to go into the to go into the match. Yeah, you've touched on it there, but how did you and the players prepare the night before? Was it quite a chilled environment or were people trying to take their minds off the task at hand? Yeah, it was just a typical away, away game. Um, so we normally would. We're just food analysis. Like, just typical if people just chill out, really, watch the telly. It was just the usual, the usual uh, night before game. We didn't really, because why change something when you've done the same thing all season to get you there you've just got to keep the same routine so moving on now to the actual playoff final so it's the morning of the playoff final so what was it like for the building like building up to that and giving the fans an insight perhaps like how you know how was it was it any different or um for me personally we knew obviously it was the final and you see that like i said you see the videos and you see a lot of the like tweets and you see the social media side of it and um, but for, for us players it was just a typical the the manager put out at the time like it's a like you, you, we need like need to get promoted and we've got it in us to get promoted and um, you go to Stockport you win one nil away from home so we've got it in us to to go and do that so it was one of them it was just really the analysis on them certain game plans of our game to where we could hurt them and and like I say that was it really get on the bus we'll have pre-match on the bus and then head down and that's when we're seeing all the fans and that's when it sort of starts to hit you a bit more when you see all the fans and got the flares out and it's good to see yeah I mean when you go on to the actual game now would you, mm-hmm. do you how much of it do you actually remember was it a blur was it, can you remember key points uh, I would say the Luke Armstrong goal was a bit of a blur. Well, I'm seeing a little of a blur because I probably watched the highlights that many times. I've probably forgotten <laughs> myself actually in the moment. But yeah, I remember if, like my reaction that when he scored, it hit the net. The first thing I did, I didn't even react to it. I looked at the fans to see the celebrating, and then I went to run. And um, but actual, I was nervous when I was sitting in the stand. And, and that that extra time is the longest extra time I've ever ever like hard up and down all the time um, off my seat. But for me, it was getting on 
for the actual penalties was just heartache. <laughs> it was very, it was, it was heartache. But uh, and like I say, when that that crossbar, the hit of the crossbar, always lives in my mind. That noise. Did the place still have huge belief that the job could be done even after Lucas Coverland scored that late, late goal? And how big a part did the fans play mm. in picking the lads up once again for extra time? Yeah. Well, obviously, I always have doubt. Like, personally, I did. I thought, I just looked up at the sky and thought, is it meant to be? That was my question to myself. I just said, oh, is it meant to be? Um, and I just thought, like going in extra time, it's a big blow. But then we regrouped. Like the fans helped us, and I and I thought we just thought right, just get us into penalties. That's what my initial thought was. And obviously, starting you missed two, and Lukey and Febs, you back them all day to score penalties. And I bet you didn't get there in the normal normal shootout, missing the first two. But <laughs> my heart was racing, and like I say, I think it was such. High emotions, and um, like I say, even me boy, I always see it. People like me, me little lad being born. I didn't cry at him being born, but when that, when Brad saved the ten and the hit off the bar, like tears, just emotions of the football game, like brought tears to us. Like I was crying, running off. Like that's what football does to you. That's what the moment did to us, and and it was just a great feeling, like. Well, I remember, and I'm sure Dav will ask you in a minute about this. I remember when I ran on the pitch, and I think you were one of the first players that I came to. And I remember seeing you really? like welling up, and I could I could just see how much it meant to you. And I think that resonated with a lot of us. But you've talked about the nerves there, and obviously every player approaches it differently, and some will be cooler than others. But when you have to watch the lads step up each time, how is that for you? Do you feel like I wish I could affect this type thing? Yeah. Um... It's in most penalty shootouts, like, you, you want to try and affect it. But for me, it was like, we put Febs first, like, you'd back Febs all day, Luke, you'd back all day. And then the longer it goes on, it's like, it gets a bit more nervous. I think it's because it went into sudden death. Mm. Um, we knew he was playing mind games, their keeper. Um, but I thought we dealt with it well. And for some reason, when he was walking up, I said the guard alongside as a naughty, I just said, I just, we both all just said that like, he's missing. Um, I just had a feeling, and there's a picture of me setting off first and Gav's pulling us back. I don't know if you've seen it, but yeah. it's one of them where I just knew straight away. And then that, 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 that noise, the, the noise of the crossbar just keep like plays in my head and you get goosebumps. I was watching it earlier um, on my phone because I come up on my timeline and you just get goosebumps every time you watch it. So, but yeah, it's it's one of them. You, you, every person's different to how they approach things. Some might do things differently to others. So, for me, it was, I think it was going from them scoring and you go from such a high thinking you're going to do it and then you're a minute away or 30 seconds away, you're thinking, is it going to happen? And then you go into penalties, you miss one, you miss one, you miss again, you think it, it definitely mustn't be and then you actually go on to win. It's one of those just like, I think it was a relief as well. And to think, wow, we've actually done it. So, great memories, great memories it was. I mean, you've spoken about it already briefly, but we'll proceed with the question anyhow. Could you possibly sum up the feeling when Brad James tipped it onto the bar, you know, the scenes with the post fans after running on, etc., 
and the realisation that we'd actually made it back to the EFL? Uh, it's hard on to explain that. For me, it was more... It's like when I joined the club, like I didn't really... I didn't look too far ahead to think and all oh, would get promoted. But to actually then, when you're getting closer, like you say, you get to the playoffs, get through Bromley, right? And you get through Stockport and then you actually get Torquay. And for me, I think in conceding and then actually doing it through the like the best way of the series through penalty, I think it was more just like relief for me. Heartache and relief. That's for, <laughs> it's a combined, it's hard, it's hard to explain how I felt. Because I've not ever, ever, ever once in a football match had that feeling, yeah. and I'd, and I'd love, and I'd love to like relive that moment again. Because for what it gives us, even though the rest of the penalties I hated, but that one where I see it, the relief of it, like me running off, and you'd probably seen us when you come straight to it. I was freaking crying, and that it's just one of them where it's just unreal, unreal, unreal feeling. Yeah. I think, as you say, when you're going through a playoff final like that, it's you live in every moment and and the actual pain. But then when you have like conceding so late on, but then to win it in penalties, it probably is one of the best ways you can win it. But having said that, you know, when you're in that moment, it's just so painful. But when you look back on it and how we did it, it's it's an unbelievable feeling. And I know that the celebrations that followed, obviously on the pitch, yeah. and then all the players running across um, with the trophy and celebrating for however long it was and getting pictures with the fans and things like that. And then obviously Millennium Square. I mean, talk, us, talk to us about that. It was incredible. Yeah, um, I had me top off. <laughs> I, I remember... Like glimpses of it anyway, because I know I'm getting drunk. But um, no, for me it was it was great to actually like connect with the fans, fans waiting there for us, and then to be there till was it three o'clock in the morning, mm. just just bouncing away. And I imagine whoever was there was having the time of the life. Um, I was surely I was drinking, grabbing drinks off fans, drinking it like holding it down my neck, and then. You sing Gav's song, and then there's different. Just it's just it was brilliant, like getting on shoulders. For me, it was a an experience I'll not ever forget, and it's gonna live with us for the rest of my life. I think that's you know being echoed by supporters, players, everyone who was involved in that day. Just how it'll stick with us forever. And it's been absolutely fantastic to have you on, Fergie, as a player, and, and get your insight. And I know it's something that the fans will really appreciate and really. No, it'll resonate with them. So thanks for giving us your time and coming on to... Uh, oh, no problem, that. no problem, yeah. Unbelievable to be able to listen to Fergie speak there and, you know, HFC chat, we're in a privileged position that we, we can get players on now and again and, and to listen to what he had to say about all the build-up and how the players were the night before and, you know, just how much it meant to him. You can clearly tell the guy bleeds blue and white and that's exactly what we want at our club and... It was just a fantastic opportunity to be able to speak to him about such an amazing um, piece of history, you know, in the story of Hartlepool United, our football club, the club that we love, the day that we returned back to the EFL. Thank you to every single one of you that got in touch and shared your memories, your thoughts about the whole occasion. It's been 
a privilege to be able to record this episode and pull it all together and it's been an emotional one as well you know as me and Davo have said and and those that have got in touch have said it was such a special moment after everything that we've been through as a football club to be able to get back into the football league once again and there were moments when I guess we we didn't think that we would be back but thankfully we were and I'm just gonna leave you with one of the best pieces of commentary that you'll ever have the opportunity to listen to here it is uh, thank you very much for listening and we look forward to seeing you in the next episode it's a quality penalty there from Ryan Donaldson that now puts the pressure back onto Torquay again well it's Matt Buse who steps up at the score at 5-4 in the shootout in sudden death Buse has to score or Hartlepool are going up Oh, he's kept it out! Pools are promoted! Hartlepool are heading back to the Football League! Dave Callender's made the dreams of all Paulie's country! Misery for Torquay and Buse! under dejection in added time at the end of normal time to now elation for Dave Challoner a club back where they feel they belong the TalkSport fan network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year we understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing but rest assured you're not alone there's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.